Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast, an extension of our adult Sunday school ministry and stories of grace. Pastor Brandon here, along with Pastor Steve. Hey there. And we are committed to utilizing this platform to continue our church's rich tradition of deep theological teaching through our adult Sunday school ministry. Though this unique season of following Jesus has not been without its share of challenges, we hope that you will tune in weekly to dive deeper into the scriptures as we hear from the vast array of teachers that we are blessed to call family here at Grace Church. Hello and welcome back to the Grace Church Podcast, wherever you are joining us, whether it be your house or your car or out on a walk, we're so grateful to have you joining us here today. Uh, Well, today I have with me as my co-host, Pastor Tim, filling in for Pastor Steve. So, Hello there. Thanks so much for doing that, Tim. You're welcome. We appreciate it. But today in the studio, we have the one and the only Mark Getz. You might not be the only Mark Getz, but you're the only Mark Getz I know. Yeah, when I type it into the internet, I get all kinds of Mark Getzes, and they all seem to... Well, you are the only Mark Getz that we are aware of, so welcome to the studio, and and thanks for taking time to share with us today what the Lord is teaching you through the Gospels, and I just want to turn it over to you now. Okay, thanks. Appreciate that. Before we dive into our scripture story today, um, I want to pose a question to our two panelists here today. Um, I, I want you to think of two, three sports movies that you can think of, kind of classics that, that come to your mind, and uh, then maybe tell me what is your favorite sports movie. So, Brandon, we'll start with you. Uh, when you think of sports movies, what do you think of? Well, my first question is, do extreme sports count? Sure. Or are we just talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that that this movie will will work in this situation, but one movie that I like is called Extreme Days, but it's just about skateboarding and surfing and whatever that. It's kind of goofy. I don't know that one. But more classic ones, uh, I like Hoosiers. I like Remember the Titans. I like Rudy. Yeah, those are the classic ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And how about you, Tim? Which ones did you think of with that question? So I and I can't remember years or anything anymore, but the, they did the remake of when the uh, 1980, was it, U.S. soccer, uh, hockey, ice hockey team got to the finals with yes. Russia, and they won. It was the unlikely yeah. young Americans. I still remember Miracle. And then the other one, Hoosiers, you know, the small team. And then there was the something ducks, the mighty ducks. The mighty ducks. Mighty yes. ducks. That guy who, for his penance for a probation, had to take on this yeah. this urban <laughs> group of kids who didn't know how to ice skate. And of course, at the end of the day, they were able to form a team. I still remember that one about the mighty ducks. Yeah. Do you have a favorite sports movie, or are you not a sports movie I guy? I think the Hoosier. I really yeah, like the Hoosier. Just kind of watching that from front to back and all the dynamics of what had to happen for that team to succeed. Yeah. Brandon, we didn't get your favorite. Do you have a favorite? <clears throat> If I had to pick out of those, it would probably be Hoosiers. Hoosiers, okay. We yeah. got the basketball fans here. Yeah. So um, sports movies are a great genre. Some are a little different, but a lot of them they revolve around this idea that to overcome incredible odds, there has to be a game plan that's going to work for this team or this person to succeed. If they're going to win against all odds, there has to be a plan. And usually the coach brings them through. Miracle is a classic for that. I just actually watched that the other week for the first time. I've always wanted to watch it. And uh, part of my COVID quarantine, I got to watch that uh, the other day. Uh, Today we're going to look at 
Jesus's game plan. He had a game plan. He announced it. He introduced it to his followers, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the time when Jesus introduced his game plan for why he came to earth and exactly how he introduced it to his followers. So this is really a turning point in Jesus's ministry when this happens, because he doesn't do this early on. He uh, does this later in his ministry. Now, Jesus's ministry can really be kind of divided into um, his early days that were more down south in Judea. Then he spent the bulk of his time uh, up north in Galilee. And this story occurs at the end of that Galilean time when he was up north. And then after this, then he will head down south um, and uh, start heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. Now, in the stories before our story today, when he shares this game plan with his disciples, he's really been trying to really get away from the crowds and spend more time with his disciples. One of the stories that occurs just before this is he goes over to the Mediterranean coast to spend some time. I know it doesn't say exactly why he does, but it sounds like he's trying to get away. He doesn't want people to know where he's staying. He's trying to get away from the crowds, and that's the story of the Syrophoenician woman that wants to have her daughter healed, and, and he really doesn't want to do it, but eventually gives in to her um, and expresses his compassion and heals his daughter. Then after that, he ends up going to the east side of the Lake of Galilee, and um, the crowd follows him out there, and that's where he feeds the 4,000. He may have been actually going over there because this occurs after he healed the demon-possessed man, and this is the area where he had sent him to tell what God had done for him. And so, um, you know, some people conjecture that he was going to see what uh, impact uh, this man had had over that time. But uh, regardless, he, he was over there, and the crowds found him. He again had compassion on them and fed them, and that was the feeding of the 4,000. Now, our story today he takes his disciples and clearly wants to get away, and he goes north of the Sea of Galilee. So this is in this uh, region of uh, what's called Caesarea Philippi, and he's going up there, and um, in the book of Luke, it says he's really going up there almost on a prayer retreat with his disciples. He's getting away to get alone and take some time to pray. So um, that's the setting for the story that we're going to read today. Now. Uh, so this is going to be a week-long trip up there um, that seems to be centered on, on um, this prayer retreat. Now, in this story, uh, this week-long time, we're going to be right at the beginning of it, there's really two different places I want you to picture up there. The first one, he's on the road with just his disciples. So that's where the first conversation appears that we're going to look at. The second one, it doesn't really tell you where it is, but it's another place. It's probably wherever they were going to hold their prayer retreat because they're all together. And so those are the two different places. So one long retreat, two different places, but there's three different conversations that we're going to focus on. The first conversation is the one that occurs on the road with the disciples. And then second, they're away in this other place. The second conversation is where Peter pulls him away from the disciples and has a conversation with those disciples. And then the third, after that interaction, he calls all of his disciples to him, not just the 12, but all the rest of the crowd that's there, that's come along, and he addresses them uh, with this final um, uh, conversation that he has. So 
two different places, three different conversations. But as I read this, I want you guys to listen for four different key lines in the story. And so I'm going to assign them to you so you can listen to them. So first, Tim, I'm going to give you the first two. That The first one occurs on the road with the disciples, and it's a question. I want you to pay attention to what question Jesus asks his disciples on the road. It's a key question. Uh, the second I also want you to look at, Tim, is then in the next place when they're at their uh, retreat center, uh, wherever that is, um, and Peter pulls Jesus aside to talk to him, then um, Jesus points out a problem that Peter has. So you got a question and a problem. Then he calls all the crowd to him in this final place, and this is what you have, Brandon, to watch for, is he makes a proposal or a challenge to all his followers. I want you to focus on that proposal or if I was really a three-part proposal. So I want you to focus on that. And then as he explains why they should adhere to this challenge, why they should this proposal is, even though it's a hard one, makes sense, he kind of frames an argument and it it's around a key question, really two questions, but the the final question is the key question. That's kind of the existential question that's really bothers everybody uh, and eventually makes them think about spiritual things, uh, even if they want to ignore it all their life. At some point, you have to face that question. So you have a question and a problem, Tim. You have a proposal and a question when you listen to that. So let me just kind of uh, uh, frame that for you and read that for you as we go. I'm going to read it uh, from the book of Mark, and um, I want you to uh, listen carefully and pay attention to those lines that you were to focus on. This is from Mark 8. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, You are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. And as he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at the disciples and then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? 
If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Okay, let's go back and think through that story. So it starts, they were heading up north, be alone, get on this prayer retreat. They're walking along the road. Jesus asks his disciples, um, who do people say I am? And uh, some, they said, John the Baptist. Uh, some said Elijah. Some of the other uh, gospels say, well, some say you're one of, the, one of the other prophets that's risen from the dead. And then Jesus asked his key question. Tim, do you remember what was the key question that he asked them? Yep. I think the key question is in verse 29. Who do you say that I am? Yeah. It's just a question that everybody on earth has to ask, mm-hmm. answer at some time. It's just his key question. It's a piercing question. Interestingly, then, he tells them uh, when, when Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, uh, the one sent from God, uh, he warns them not to tell anybody. So that's an mm-hmm. interesting part. So then the story picks up. They are someplace else. And um, with that, then um, Jesus starts doing something he hasn't done before. He starts talking to them about... Uh, what's going to happen. And he tells them kind of this game plan of what's going to happen. Now, I didn't ask you to do that, but let's try and recall what was the game plan of what was going to happen, because this is kind of the center of of his uh, explanation that he's done before. So what, uh, Brandon, what, remember what was his game plan? What was he telling them that was going to happen to him? Yeah, he was mentioning that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and he'll be killed and three days later rise again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this is crazy stuff that he'd never talked about before, they'd never really thought about before. And of course, that's when Peter pulls him aside, kind of like, uh, that's not what we had in mind. And he wants to reprimand him. And Jesus uses, after he's just um, really told Peter a little bit ago on the road, uh, you know, that God had really, uh, in Matthew it says, you know, you didn't figure that out. God revealed that to you. Really praised him for for uh, understanding that. Uh, now he says, "Get behind me, Satan!" And then he points out the problem to Peter. What was the mm-hmm. problem that Peter was having dealing with this new information, this new game plan, Tim? Yeah, the the problem that Jesus expresses in this way is, you are seeing things from a human point of view, not God's. Yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. Just makes us really pause and and think of how prone we all are to that. Hmm. And then with that, then he turns around and calls the rest of the crowd to him. Um, he he brings them in and and into the conversation, um, and uh, he really uh, challenges them. He says, "If any of you want to be my follower, because he's just been identified as the Messiah." Clearly, they're following him. But now he says, if any of you want to be my follower, here's what you have to do. What is the challenge, the proposal that he gives people who are considering wanting to follow him? Brandon, what did you hear in that? Yeah, that they need to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. Whoever would save his life, they're going to lose it. But whoever loses their life for his sake, they will find it. Yeah, that's tough stuff. And then... As they're sitting there listening to all that, you got to wonder what it sounded like to them. He starts giving them this, the reason, the logic that such a hard challenge um, 
makes sense. Um, he starts talking about that if you try and hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. Anybody that loses uh, their life for my sake and for the sake of God's message, the gospel, that they're going to find it. And then he starts asking these two questions that really focus the whole reason that people can't ignore this message of Jesus. Um, he starts with, uh, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? And then he nails him with the final question. What was that final question that you saw, Brandon? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Yeah. Is anything more worth more than that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just incredible. Um, then he talks about that if anyone's ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed. He really casts this challenge and this value system um, in light of an eternal uh, situation. The stakes are really high here. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to take those four key lines. Um, the first was, who do you say that I am? The other is, you're not seeing things from, you're seeing things from a merely human point of view and not from God's. The other, the challenge of, if you want to be my follower, you need to do these things. And then the culminating question, what is worth more than your soul? We want to think about those and explore them a little bit farther. The Grace Church Podcast is a product of Grace Church in Morton, Illinois. For more information about Grace Church, please visit us online at gracemorton.org. Thanks so much for listening. I want to remind you to tune in tomorrow to listen to the question and response episode with Mark Getz. And until then, may the grace and peace of Christ be with you.